Attention, all Fork and Socket fans. This is Chester Franklin, and I have a public service announcement. Corn is a fruit. I repeat, corn is a fruit. Remember when you had those pretentious kids, you know, in your fifth grade class that said, actually, tomatoes are fruits. Did you know that? Did you know that? Well, at my school, maybe not at your school. Your school probably had kids that are like, yeah, did you know you don't only brush your teeth with baking soda? You can also smoke it. But in my school, I had pretentious kids. They would talk about tomatoes being fruits and did my research and asked my family members and stuff. And they, they confirmed, you know, fruit has seeds. You can visibly see the seeds in fruit. So that means bananas are fruit. You cut them in half and you can kind of see the seeds in there. Strawberries are fruits because you could see the seeds. But corn is also fruit. Just like a tomato. Just like a cucumber. Just like an avocado. So I may be catching some of you off guard, but now you have a better idea of what fruits are. And what made me think about corn? Why did corn cross my mind? Well, I don't know if any of you ever listened to my friend Elmer Torres. He has a podcast called Over the Fence with Elmer Torres. And in one of his earlier episodes, he talks about how his farts smell like filet mignon. Great premise. Hilarious. But I kept farting. And I'm like, well, mine doesn't smell like filet mignon. What am I doing wrong? You know, where where did I go the wrong way? Did I make a left when I was supposed to make a right? Because my farts smell like corn nuts. Well, today, everything became clear for me. Because I took a shit. And I took a shit at work. And they use really cheap toilet paper. You know the thin kind. Everyone hates it. You have to wrap half the roll around your fist just to do a good cleanup job. Well, you know, I'm a frugal person. And I also think about the company that feeds me and my family. So I'm like, you know, I don't want to use all their toilet paper. Let me kind of skimp on the toilet paper. So instead of a whole fist of toilet paper, I did about a half a fist of toilet paper. And lo and behold, my finger poked through the paper. Just great, right? So I pull my finger back through the toilet paper after, you know, while I'm wiping my ass. And I fished out a corn kernel, apparently, because there was a corn, a kernel of corn at the tip of my finger. Now, maybe I like corn too much. Maybe that's why it was in there. But Jimmy cracked corn and I don't care. So I'll own up to it. The point is, without getting too much into doo-doo, poo-poo humor, now I know why my farts smell like corn nuts. What I'm interested to find out now is why Elmer Torres' farts smell like filet mignon. So I have a challenge for you, Elmer, because I know you're listening. You're one of my best friends. Well, my best friend next to my wife. 
And I have a challenge for you. Poke through your toilet paper and I dare you to pull out a filet mignon with the bacon wrapped around it and everything. Your move. So let's get to the main story because the real point of this episode, I'm going to call this episode B as in boy and E practice, B and E practice. And any of my other fellow or former fellow criminals know what B and E means. It means breaking and entering. And as a child, I, I learned this way back how to break and enter. I had a friend. I'm not going to change his name too much. But let's just call him Lyle. Let's change the first letter and just call him Lyle. Well, me and Lyle... I was 9 or 10. He was a year older than me, so he was either 10 or 11. And what we used to do is we used to practice breaking into houses around our neighborhood. Sometimes we'd even do it when people were home. We'd kind of like break into their house into like a side bedroom. Um, If you listen to my birthday, my 30th birthday episode... There was a person named Jamie who I mentioned, you know, died in a car crash at some point. Very young. She was maybe 15, 16. So she was a few years older than us. But her older brothers were friends of mine and Lyle's. So being familiar, we've been in the house. We used to play uh, Def Jam Raw. I think it was called. It was the Def Jam Wrestling video game. We play like GoldenEye on N64. We do all that in the house. So we were very welcome in the house already. But one thing that we would do was as Jamie became a teenager and all that, we would sneak into the backyard and go through her bedroom window when she wasn't home. But everyone else in her home was home. Her mom, dad, and brother's. So what we would do is we would sneak into the house with people that were still home just to see how sneaky we could be. And that's where we kind of got our feet wet and got to training on how to break and enter into houses, even if people are home. I have a friend that was in the NFL and Lyle and I got busted. So I, I feel free to tell this story. We try to do the same thing to him because he lived right across the street. Well, one day, James Michael Johnson, he was a, a lineman. Kansas City Chiefs was one of the teams. Um, he, he was in the NFL a few teams. Well, we tried to do the same thing at his house while people were home. His parents were home. And in his backyard, along the side of the house, he had tall grass. Well, we got into his computer room window and we didn't get caught by anybody. But his dad was really, he, he could have been an investigator. He was obviously a good coach and mentor for his children who got degrees and, and went on to become very successful. But he noticed there was footprints in the tall grass along the side of his house. And one day 
showed up. I think Lyle snitched, but I forgive him because he's still a good friend, but he snitched, I'm pretty sure. And they suspected us right away of, uh, of crawling through their window and being on the side of their house and just being kind of creeps. But they didn't catch us in the house because when we did climb in the house in their computer room, kind of by like a fax machine, if you remember those, we heard a noise and we jumped right back out of the window. Again, we're practicing how to do it the right way. And we weren't caught red-handed, but somehow we were suspected and ultimately kind of busted. And um, Luckily, I was living with my mom and stepdad at the time. My stepdad was way softer on me. So I just had to like do the Bart Simpson thing where you write the same phrase over and over or maybe I had to do like an essay on why I'm sorry for breaking into your house and stuff like that. Because if it was my dad, he would have whooped my fucking ass, you know. And my mom let me get away with murder, bless her soul. I'm surprised I didn't turn into a serial killer, actually. But anyway, going back to this, going back to this time frame, this time period, me and my friend Lyle... We would just climb into the homes of residents around the house, uh, around the neighborhood. We never stole. We never stole. I want to make that clear. We're not thieves. I mean, I stole five dollars one time, and that's when I got the taste of blood. It's like a pit bull when he gets a taste of blood. Once he, you know, once he tastes the blood, he can't stop. He needs more blood. So you'll see how this progresses from here. But originally, we never stole. And Lyle, 100% never stole. But we would, there was um, some Mormons that lived around the corner. Family of Mormons, very nice people. And when they would leave, we would sneak through their, the side door of their garage. And the door from the garage into the house was always unlocked. So that's pretty much how we would get into the house. You know, we'd start looking through the dressers. Again, we'd never steal, but we'd go through the dressers. You know, uh, one of the one of the kids they were a teenager by then. I don't want to say her name, but um, I liked her a little bit, except for she was Mormon. So they were kind of weird to me. I didn't understand like what the hell was going on. I felt it was kind of culty, the whole thing that they had going on with their family. And one time I punched her younger brother in the face for, uh, for laughing at me for walking around the neighborhood with no shirt on. But, you know, I was cocky and confident. But anyway, we go through like the teenage uh, sister's, you know, panty drawer or just kind of look through the parents' dressers and stuff like that. Just kind of see like what's going on with this family. And they're actually the family who I stole the $5 off of. It was on top of a dresser and I figured why not? Because at that point, Lyle and I, we already broke into that house like five times. And we weren't stealing anything. So we are just kind of lingering around their house. And the one thing that I would do, though, is I would always go up to the fish tank because I always heard you're not supposed to tap on, the, on fish tank glass. And it's because the vibrations from knocking on the glass, they deafen the fish or they can kill the fish. I mean, I'm no uh, animal biologist or I don't know what you'd call somebody who's like who studies fish, but I'm not that ecologist or some shit. I don't know. 
but I know that you're not supposed to knock on the glass. So when they were not home, Lyle and I, we would always break into their house, never steal anything, but I always made it a point to abuse the fish. So I would just knock, 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 knock. I was trying to kill the fish. I kind of wanted the fish to be dead when the family came home because they would have no idea why. And I didn't feel any, you know, negative feelings towards the fish personally. It was just kind of a message I was trying to send, you know. I think it was the Godfather when they they sent the horse head. Some dude woke, wakes up in his bed and there's a horse head in his bed to like, you know, kind of warn him of what's to come. And I actually didn't have any ill will towards the family. So I don't know why I was trying to send a message. But I think I was just kind of trying to figure out how my adult life was going to turn out and how I was going to navigate through that and how I was going to become a beast in the streets. You know what I mean? Well, the thing is, is one day, well, it was one night. It was already nighttime. I probably should have been in the house by then. But me and Lyle, we're, we're in the Mormon's house. And I'm in the, I'm in the living room and I'm beating on that fucking, uh, that fish tank. I'm beating on it. But then we hear voices. So me and Lyle, we go look through the peephole. Or we run up to the door. Only one person can really look through a peephole. But I look through the peephole. And the doorknob of the front door is rattling. And I look through that peephole. And they're, they've come home. The Mormons are home. I'm like, oh, fuck. We look at each other. What do we do? What do we do now? How are we going to explain that we're in their house and they're coming through the front door? But if you come through the front door, if you walk straight, the first place is the living room where the fish tank was. And the living room would let out into the backyard. So they had a sliding glass door leading out to the backyard. Man, I tell you, we made it just in time. Lyle and I ran out. Lyle was such a quick thinker, he even thought to close the sliding glass door so it didn't even look like anyone was there, period. But now we're in their backyard. So Lyle's taller than me, more muscle mass, a little stronger than me, and he gets over the fence first right away. He finds a way to kind of uh, leverage himself to get over the fence and gets over into the neighbor's front yard. Well, while I'm hopping over the fence, I'm seeing the father in his minivan. He's just now pulling into the garage. So he must have let some of them out. They didn't come in as a whole family into the garage and directly into the house. He let the children and wife out first for them to go through the front door as he waits to pull in the van into the garage. And so he's going to enter through the garage, but the rest of the family almost got it, almost busted us. And as I'm hopping over the fence, like I said, I see him pulling, pulling into the garage and Lyle and I, we got away with the, off the skin of our teeth. And I wish I could say that it ended there. I don't have too much more to say about that family or anything like that. We, we never got caught by them, but it should suffice to say that it just made us better breaking and entering people. So we did it to another house or two and we, the kind of funny thing is we never really left the, uh, left the block. So pretty much if you were my neighbor around 
2000 to 2002, I was probably in your house and I probably know your secrets. So think about that before you try to sue Chester Franklin or I mean, it's probably past the statute of limitations by now. I'm 30 years old. What the fuck are you going to do to me? I'll beat your ass. But I just thought that was a funny and and an important episode to kind of get off my chest. And it was a stage in my life. But more interesting about this. So let's continue on. Let's just fast forward a year or two later. So after all this practice, right? I told you I never, I never stole except for that one time. But once I did, it was like I couldn't stop myself, right? So kind of kind of funny to mention is within a year or two of all this behavior and all this practice, you know, I got really confident. I felt like I couldn't be touched. I couldn't be caught. I was almost caught. I slipped away. I'm slick. I'm like the motherfucking night stalker. Yeah, well, within a year or two, I was sitting like on the eve of my 14th birthday. I was still 13. I was just turning 14. And I had moved back, you know, with with my father. All this breaking and entering practice was when I lived with my mother, like I said. But now I'm living with my father. And I thought I could do the same thing, you know, in the hood. Well, within that year or two, I was sitting in a cell in Juvenile Hall, Martinez, California, on the Yosemite block. For first degree residential burglary. I may have been slick at sneaking in and out, but when it came to stealing and disposing of evidence and selling off goods, I just discovered that I was a little bit too greedy. It turns out sometimes you steal things not for money, but because you just want them for yourself. And that's the worst thing to have when investigators come in and investigate you is still having all the stolen property like a fucking idiot. But shit, I had a laptop, you know, a video camera, like, like the people I stole from, they had, they had this whole video, like all these family videos. And this is when video cameras still had the little cassette tape things. I recorded over all of their family videos because I didn't have any money. Like I'm only 13. I wasn't going to go to Best Buy or, or Rite Aid or whatever and buy these little cassette tapes. How am I even going to get there, you know? So there was all these fem- family memories of them taking vacations to SeaWorld and, and this and that. I ended up going to Oregon with my, with my Nana, my Papa, the one that I overdosed on his 76th birthday. We all went up to Oregon to go visit my Nana's, uh, my Nana's brother. And he had a farm. And so I taped over all of their family videos. And you know what I taped? The cows. The cows' balls. Look at those balls. All I was doing was taping horse dicks and cow balls. Can you imagine if I erased your whole family's history of your vacations and memories? And and after I get busted and you get your video camera back and you get your videotapes back... You put them in the VHS player or convert them to DVD and you watch them as a family. You sit down with some popcorn and all you see is big ass horse dicks and fat ass cow balls. So that was my life. And 
that's what I was into. And I just couldn't be stopped. I mean, even after that, me and my friends, we used to, um, you know, we would be, be in the projects and we would, even as I was on probation, I was on probation three years. I, I did two months in juvenile hall. I did a month on house arrest, but the first chance I got me and my friends were robbing project houses. So, you know, we would just kind of rob and put our money together. And then from whatever we sold, I finally learned how to sell thanks to my friends teaching me like, no, you don't, you don't steal it and keep it. Dumbass. You, you sell it. And then we put our money together and we buy weed fool. So it, in reality, didn't really stop me from committing crimes and breaking and entering. I just, Ended up getting better little by little, but it all started back with that B&E practice with me and my friend Lyle. So that's my story. I want to end this episode with a masturbation game, because if you remember my ICJ interview, I did say that my intention was for every podcast to end with at least one or two masturbation games. And I didn't really stick to that idea, but I haven't forgot that I said it. I'm a man of my word. So before you guys sign out, log off, you know, whatever platform you're listening to, however you do it, uh, I do have two more masturbation games that I'd like to share with you before I, before I end this episode. So... One thing that I like to do, game number one here, sometimes when I'm masturbating, I, I turn over and I get on all fours, like kind of like doggy style, except, you know, I'm not doing it no gay way. Like I'm not about to get done on my butt, but I just get over on, well, actually it's, I do it in a three point stance. Cause how do you, how do you beat off if you're on all fours? Right? So I'm using one of my hands. So I do a three-point stance when I beat off, and I call that the Brian Erlacher. Okay, so that's number one. I don't have anybody here for the reaction, so sorry for the pause. I'm just waiting for you to laugh so I can continue to my next one. Um, and number two, sometimes, you know, sometimes I do it dry, I just jack off dry, like no lubrication. And I call that game the tug of war. And you're welcome to use any of these ideas. I have plenty more, but that's just two. That's all you get. It, if it is an episode where I give you some masturbation games, I'm only going to do two. And that's law. Well, I hope you enjoyed. I love you guys. Thank you. See you next week. Oh, happy... Happy 4th of July. This is July 3rd, so July 4th is tomorrow. Happy 4th of July. I know there's a lot of injustice going on. Many people may not even celebrate July 4th tomorrow. And um, there was one more thing I wanted to say about it, but and I, I understand if you don't celebrate it tomorrow, especially with the corona stuff going on, you really can't be around crowds. I don't know if they're doing fireworks this year anywhere so solano County's open so maybe up, up there maybe try that and if you're in the bay area california like i am northern california maybe give solano county a try 
but I'm going to I'm going to end this with a song and then I'm going to shut this off on you. <clears throat> well, I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free symbolically. <laughs>